Welcome to the Manifest Your Dream Marriage Podcast. I'm Daniela Damsky, Self-Awareness and Relationship Master Coach and the author of The Power of a Growth Mindset, The Journey to Emotional Freedom. I believe that when we become our highest version of ourselves, we become a magnet for love. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to master your inner world so you can master attracting and maintaining a loving relationship using spiritual and scientific principles. Thanks for joining me today. Today on the Manifest Your Dream Marriage Podcast, we have a special guest today, Jesse T. Jesse is the podcast host of The Jesse T Show, which focuses on creating a growth mindset in your business, relationship, or health. In short, Jesse T is an expert on showing people how to live their life on fire. Our conversation today will show you what is the most important piece of a relationship, how to be vulnerable in your marriage, how to deal with rejection, and how to love yourself like your life depends on it. Please welcome Jesse T. Hey, Jesse, welcome to Manifest Your Dream Marriage Podcast. So, so good to see you. It's been a long time since we've seen each other. We met each other at the Steve Sims uh, workshop or uh, mastermind uh, a few years ago. And I think it was like 2020 or maybe 2019. It's been a long time. It's been good to see you. Yeah, Danielle, thank you so much for having me. And it's been uh, a pleasure to reconnect and what a way to meet over at that speakeasy with Steve Sims. And we just had this beautiful connection and we saw there was, I think, uh, you know, a lot of things in common and I'm glad we we're having this conversation and it came full circle like two years later. Yeah, for sure. So when I met you, you were in the finance coaching industry and we had a lot of conversation and I thought, man, this guy is so amazing. I need to get him on my podcast at some point, but also just connect with you. And I'm so glad that you reached out. Uh, One of the things that I love about you is that you are very, very smart about relationships. And so it sounds like, you know, based on the pre-conversation that we had earlier, that you're moving into a broader field of helping people. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, So when we connected, I was running a uh, wealth management firm called 46 and 2 Wealth Partners, which still exists today. And that's a consulting business and advice business where, you know, I work as a fee-only investment advisor. Uh, and the, the, the distinction there that's important is I work as a fiduciary and someone who is by law really supposed to screw over their clients, which should be the status quo. But unfortunately, in that industry, and many others, it's not. Um, and so I was in the advice business and I was in the relationship business, but this was client to advisor. Um, but as I did a lot of this healing work over the last couple of years and having these peak experiences traveling the world, talking with clients and friends led me to understand kind of like we talked about before jumping on, I had a blind spot. The blind spot was giving guidance on other areas of life, including relationships um, that I, that I was doing just naturally and coming from my own experience and my own work that I had been doing. And it was a, a beautiful realization to really step into serving at my highest good to be able to talk about these things. Yeah. So, so who do you help? Like what type of client uh, do you feel most attracted to helping? Yeah. So for me, it's people like us, people that are successful um, into one degree or another, people that have, uh, have done something with their career or their business, but they, they're kind of lacking that a little bit of purpose, a little bit of passion. They're lacking a little bit of a joy. Um, you know, they're looking for some direction. And so what I do is I show people how to live life on fire. And I come into their life with uh, these tools that I've picked up along the way. 
you know, from breath work to meditation to uh, ecstatic dance, like we were talking about before we jumped on. And um, I, I put them into this 12 week container of like-minded people. And we build week on week on week of things that challenge them, that stretch them, that are daily tools like cold showers or thermogenesis and using an interplay between hot and cold. And really what it's doing is it's opening them up. It's attuning them to their energy and, their, and their, their, they have clarity. I mean, I don't know if you work with some of these modalities, but even just getting into nature and sitting down quiet on top of a mountain or somewhere that's serene and beautiful can bring so much insight. People, we're not making time for these things. And so what happens is once you start doing this, you start to get clarity, you start to get insight, and you start to actually build a relationship with yourself, which is the most important relationship you're going to have. And then because you have a beautiful relationship with yourself, you have this cup that starts filling up, you can start pouring into other people powerfully and live life on fire with passion, purpose, play, and joy. Yeah, I love it. I love everything you just said. Um, the whole idea of filling your own cup is one of the things that we focus on in my program as well. Because I found over the years that if you are unhappy with yourself, okay, in many other, you know, many ways, maybe you don't, you're not happy in your career, you tend to be just unhappy. And that unhappiness, that energy is being sent out to your family and because they're the closest to you. So it's easy to like be unhappy near the closest people and pretend to be happy at work. Yeah. Right. And, and then they start feeling like, what is it about me and our relationship that you're so unhappy? And really part of it could be that they're just unhappy with their life choices for their career. That could be a big one or they're overworked. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about like your story and how your relationship story, if you don't mind, you can touch just briefly on it. And how did you grow so quickly? Sure. In, in becoming so aware. Yeah, this has been a lifelong initiation, as I call it. Um, and in the way that I was initiated into this, just the Cliff Notes version, as I grew up a poor kid in Boston, who had a lot of energy, a lot of hustle, came from a place of scarcity. So was, you know, really motivated and learning how to make money and how to make ends meet. And, you know, these things were shoveling snow for money as a kid you know, um, helping people with different things around, you know, the neighborhood and, and even fun things too. Like we'd run over to Logan airport and like in the terminals, there's these little carts, carts that look like shopping carts without the basket. It's like this little kind of like mm -hmm. L shape where people would stack multiple pieces of luggage on, especially back in the day. And for some reason, our friend, my friends and I were like 10, 11, 12, 13, we'd hop on the train, two stops. We'd go to Logan airport. I grew up right in front of it in East Boston. And we would take these carts and put them back into their stalls and a quarter would pop out. And so somehow we figured this out and that, that, that led to making mass amounts of money of like 10 bucks. It's like throughout the course of a day, we would go spend it. We would, we would buy and sell and trade comic books and baseball cards. And, you know, I just kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit because it came from a place of, well, if I want the new video game, if I want the new Jordans, which was the most important thing back in the day, I need to hustle. That led into, uh, you know, a life of exploration and, and different things. I grew up pretty rough. I was bullied for years, physically beat up for years had a dad that was uh, chose drugs over me for 30 years uh, before he cleaned up. I too got into, you know, with my entrepreneurial hustle and the, the life of being in this, this mean kind of tough environment, I too started uh, selling drugs. And then I started doing drugs. And for two years of my life, I became my dad, which up until that point, I was very heavy into sports, very heavy into being straight edge. And it just, it gave me so much empathy and perspective for him because I understood what he went through. 
And so with coupled with that, you know, I had an emotionally, mentally, and physical abusive mom um, who grew up really tr- uh, harsh herself. So I had a lot of this kind of like harsh upbringing, but for me, um, I w- always had a beautiful perspective. I always had a, like, life is great. Um, even though I have this tough stuff going on, like, I feel like I can do anything. And that led into a career as we talked about being both shipmates back in the day, which is Navy. We were both Navy. Um, Navy changed my life, course corrected my life, got me back on track. And then I started seeing the beautiful side of life, opening up companies, uh, sales companies, um, you know, started my first sales company about a year and a half after getting out of the military that expanded out to the whole Southeast. And I had seven people that had come through a program that I, I went through where essentially, if you learn how to do outside sales, um, you could take that experience and start teaching other people. We were going door to door, selling basically coupons door to door for like restaurants, hotels, golf courses, sports teams. And it, it offered this uh, beautiful training on how to work with people, relationships, how to handle objections, how to walk into a cold situation and build relationships. And it was a beautiful standpoint to grow into kind of through now. But for me, there was some other big uh, negative things that have happened in, in, in later on in life from losing a daughter that was seven days old, holding her until she passed away, having a miscarriage before having our two beautiful sons, really uh, in terms of relationship put a really huge kind of cloud over that relationship to where we ended up getting divorced. And so this, this, this transition of divorce over the last couple of years has really sent me on my own healing journey. And so where did all this come from in terms of this healing or these insights was I started traveling the world and it led me to places like Peru and Tulum, Mexico, three times in the last 15 months, Um, Austin, Texas, California, uh, Arizona, where, where, where we met. And for me, it was all about healing. And so I started working with things like sacred plant medicines from ayahuasca to psilocybin mushrooms, to San Pedro, to meditation, to um, all the different things, sweat lodges, cold plunges, like just all these things. Cause I'm very in tune with my body and I'm big, big into health and wellness. So these things called to me and what it started doing is it started healing me, it started bringing healing for all these traumas. Some of these traumas I just mentioned to you. And so I started building a relationship with myself. I started getting back in tune to the, being an, an empath. As a kid, I was highly empathetic, but I didn't know what that meant. And so I would be hurt when other people would hurt. I would cry watching movies. And so like I, I shut that part of me down because it hurt so much. I didn't know how to use it. And now it's become a superpower. And so starting to build this relationship with myself and love myself, there's a beautiful book called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. And I listened to that audio book and read that book and it changed my life. And so over the last two years, my whole paradigm has shifted. My whole, my healing process has really fast forwarded and I've been able to build this beautiful relationship with myself. So now that I could show up for my kids as a, as a dad, that's really involved, that's really conscious, that helps them be strong, open, emotional, young men, communicative. And it's really bled into things from business to, you know, relationships. And it's, it's been a beautiful journey. Wow. That's an amazing story. I don't know that I heard all of that at the Steve Sims. Uh, <laughs> wasn't <laughs> enough time. It wasn't I, the place. I remember bits and pieces of it, but um, it's yeah. good to hear the entire story. So, well, the brief entire story. So thank you. Yep. My um, pleasure. Some of the things that I, I want to touch base on here is this hustle mentality. That's typically a very masculine energy to oh, yeah. hustle. And as an entrepreneur myself, um, when I first started that journey, it was very masculine energy that I was putting into my business. And I would attract, obviously at that time I started working with men. So I would attract a lot of men to my, my coaching program and the military definitely got me into this, you know, this masculine energy, go, 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 do, do, do kind of thing. 
Um, but it seems like you've softened over the years and it oh, isn't yeah. just a masculine energy. So how do you, like, what's your take on having a masculine and a feminine energy? Like how, do, how can that benefit uh, a marriage, a relationship, a partnership? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a beautiful insight. And for me, um, I've actually really embodied my feminine and, you know, things like being stillness, uh, creative things with, you know, embodiment of vulnerability, um, sharing my story over the years has become so easy. But when I first tried to go share the story and tell people that for a year I, I did heroin, that was the hardest thing that was hard to come out and say that because I didn't know how I'd be received. But it actually freed me, it freed me from the chains that were holding me back. And it allowed people to do the same and, you know, give them the power to say, hey, I've had crazy shit happen, too. And, you know, the, the feminine for me has been a beautiful, uh, a beautiful awakening. And so we all have masculine and feminine in our bodies and in our spirits. And it's, it's a, a great polarity. And it's, a, it's, it's actually a powerful thing if you learn how to manage it properly. And in a relationship, there's always this dynamic of there's a more masculine situation, there's a more feminine situation between two people and having just the awareness. If you only have the awareness of those things existing, it allows you to operate differently in a relationship where you could see, let's say we're in a marriage together and you're in your masculine, you're in your, your go, go, go mode, you're building your business, you're chasing after clients, you're going after the goal, you're building a new program. Well, I could be supportive of that if I'm aware of it. And I could be supportive. Hey, listen, Daniel, I know you need some time to go do that thing. You know, how can I best support you? Maybe I could do some stuff over here that needs to get taken care of. So you don't feel like, you know, things are getting done around the house or relationships aren't getting tended to or things aren't being followed up on. So you can be in your flow. And so being supportive of that and being aware of that is a huge, huge thing in relationships. And I think the biggest piece for me, which I'm always working on and learning more about is the communication. So having a check in, where are you? What's going on in your world? Like, tell me more. And like, that brings together closeness. That brings together, if you care about somebody and you want to learn about them, it's, it's going to bring a lot of cool things into the fray. And it's going to bring romance. It's going to bring space that you may need if you need some time to go do that thing. If you need some time to go work on yourself. I mean, we're all independent creatures that crave relationships. But at the end of the day, we do need our alone time. And for someone like myself, I'm an extroverted introvert where I can go hobnob with the best of them and play and have fun. But I want my day by myself to say, screw it. I don't want to talk to anybody so that I can recharge and come back full, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think the awareness of that and the communication of that is so key. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's awesome. Um, I'm just thinking about the women that enroll into my program and oftentimes they are in a masculine role and and yep. that works really well in their business and career. However, it doesn't always translate very well to the masculine man that they're married to. Right. You know, I often tell them that you do have to step into that feminine energy because if you're not, you got two masculine energies in the house. Yep. And unless he's gay, he's not going to be super attracted to you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like he, he might understand you logically, but there has to be that feminine energy that he wants to go chase and wants to be near. All right. Because men you know, masculine energy needs a feminine energy and a feminine energy needs a masculine energy. So yep. I help them also to, to balance that. Now, the thing that I think has been a, a challenge for me to understand is when I help the woman become more feminine, um, they often want their husband to be a little bit more open and vulnerable with that communication. And how would you suggest like a woman to be able to maybe it's just be safe or something. How, how can yeah. you get your man to feel safe enough to open up and have that vulnerability, right? Because they may not be thinking that 
they need to share, you know, their, all their issues, right? Like you said, you didn't know how you were going to be received by telling yeah. somebody that you did heroin. But as soon as you did, it was like this release of the secret that you've been holding on to and this fear yeah. of what rejection, right? How could someone help their husband to become vulnerable? Yeah, it's uh, three pieces came up for me and you asking that question. And the first thing on the same same side of the table during that conversation and, and not having an adversarial or a, an antagonistic conversation where it's more le leadership through example with vulnerability. So if I come to you and we have this conversation and I, I share something with you that's vulnerable, that leaves me a little bit exposed, that's true and honest and real um, and, and lay, leave it out for, for however it is, that's leadership and action through vulnerability. That's courageous. And if, if you do that enough times with someone, hopefully they're going to catch on, especially if they love you. And that, that, that would maybe inspire them to be vulnerable back. You're kind of creating this safe container, as I call it, where you feel trusted, you feel seen, you feel safe. And now you feel a little bit more like, Hey, maybe I can share this thing. And maybe I can share my big, scary feelings, or maybe I can share this thing that I did that I'm not proud of, or I can share a success with you. I could share whatever that is. And then the next piece, I would say the next evolution to that would be a shared experience. And, and again, this can be different for everybody, but this opens, this cracks people wide open in the best ways. And it's something that we all own, something that we all have until we die, but do a breath work session together. Go out yeah. there, take seven yeah. to 10 minutes, change. There's so many different styles from holotropic to box breathing to a breath of fire, which is super easy. Just breathe in and out through your nose really fast for 30 seconds. There's so many things you can do and it alters your state. It literally changes your energy and it changes your openness and it changes your availability. And what it also does, and you know, this being prior service and military, and thank you for your service is anytime you have a shared experience, that's a little bit outside the norm. It bonds you anytime mm -hmm. that you went out to see, if you had that experience, anytime that you had a challenging situation with your team, anytime that you had to overcome a little bit of adversity, whatever that is, it's going to bring you together. And so now you have this shared experience of something interesting and new. And again, it could be, it could be going on a hike. It could be sitting quiet in nature. It could be breath work. It could be plant medicines. It could be anything in between a workout. It could be a shared interest or hobby. It's going to bring that closeness and trust together so that you can have those moments where you both open up. Love it. Absolutely love it. I think you are spot on with the shared experiences and thank you for your service because yeah, you're right. We, as you know, you're in the Navy, I was in the Navy. Now we have this shared experience. We get each other. We yep. know exactly like what we've had to go through, or at least we know enough to where we feel connected, even though we never served together. Yep. There's this brotherhood, sisterhood here that helps us to feel connected. And the same thing with the Steve Sims experience or the Michael Burnoff experience that I went to or any other experience you're, you're doing, you definitely have that memory and that experience where you're sharing. And I love the idea of breath work. I do have it in my program where you're, you're getting into a rapport. Now, I don't talk about it in the way that you talk about it because I'm not as experienced in breath work as you are, but I talk about it as building rapport during the conversation, like breathe when they breathe. Yeah. And that gets you into a rapport situation where they feel close to you. Um, so the whole breath work, that's really intriguing. And that's something that I need to learn more about. I have a Obviously, quick tip, yeah. a quick tip. So super simple. So breath is life. Breath can create. So I had, a, I had so many experiences, like I keep talking about plant medicines and how powerful they are, but I realize it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And you can have the same experience with just breath. 
and it takes a little bit of effort, takes a little bit of time. You can do it in one sitting and you can literally have a, a God moment. You can have a beautiful insight. You could have some trauma here. It's beautiful. And the easiest way to do is to start, start off, take off a little bit of a bite of the elephant. So to speak, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? If you want to calm a situation down, if you want to get into a relaxed state, it takes one minute and breathe. If you can get down to breathing only 10 total breaths in one minute. So really slow in hold as long as you can eight seconds and then really slow out eight seconds. And it takes a little bit of time to get there. It might take you two or three minutes, but if you can, it, it, what it does is it relaxes the parasympathetic state and it gets you into a place of calm and chill. So instead of fight, flight, or freeze, you mm -hmm. can relax. And then yeah. once you can relax in a conversation, if you need to, if you're having a tough time at work and you need some space, if you're having a tough conversation with your, your significant other, if you're, if you're on a project that's stressing you out, literally two to three minutes of just slowing your breath down. Cause it's somewhere between men breathe about 20 times uh, per minute. Women breathe about 25 times per minute. And if you can slow that down to 10 or 12 times, it'll literally change your, your relaxation. So where you have more margin to deal with stressful situations. Yeah, I love it. And one of the things that I tell the ladies in my group is that you have to become aware of the feelings that are arising in you. So for me, when Larry and I used to get into, I mean, we used to have some really serious fights to where it was pretty embarrassing and the neighbors could hear. And mm. it was, it was, he's definitely challenged me the most to grow, <laughs> but um, I would start to feel like a percolating, like almost like I had put tea on a kettle in a kettle and I could hear the, the, the you know, starting and I could yep. feel that internally starting. And so instead of breath work at the time, I didn't know anything about breath work, but what I did know was tapping. And so I would yes. run to the bathroom. Like I need to go to the bathroom, hold that thought, you know, and it would just give me enough time to calm my nervous system down enough to where I could go back to the conversation more present and speaking from a different part of my, myself than the yes. fight, fight or freeze. <laughs> yep. So Okay, one thing I, I want to touch base on again that I heard earlier in the conversation is when you were in sales, okay? Um, I tell you, sales is like, I felt like it was the hardest thing for me to learn because of the fear of rejection Yeah, is was so strong. And not only that is that I had this salesman, saleswomen are sleazy belief right. system. And Negative so connotation. I, yeah, I struggled for a really long time. Uh, what I, what I heard from that was the rejection. And I, I feel like in relationships, there's often this fear of rejection. Yep. There's this such a fear that if I go and give my husband, you know, a hug, he might reject me. Or if I initiate intimacy, he might reject me or she might reject me. And so therefore I'm going to not ask as often only ask when really needed and, and just being complete fear of rejection, how would you, you know, help someone that is of the mindset that I might get rejection, rejected? Yep. How can you help them to get over that? It's a very real fear. It's a, it's a real concern, but more times often than not, unless there's some serious, serious issues, I, I would venture to say eight, nine times out of 10, you'll be received better than you thought you would. And it's like anything that we do as entrepreneurs, anybody, you know, in life, parents, you know, CEOs, you know, people that are just doing life. Most times the fear is it's a, 
those acronyms, right? The, the, the cliches face, face everything and rise or false evidence appearing real kind of thing. Most times fear is just something that our subconscious mind or, or this society has put into our brain. It doesn't even exist. And, you know, what'll happen, the flip side of, you know, this, this fear of what if is completely contrasted by the negative of what will happen of, if you don't have that intimacy, you don't have that hug, you don't have that conversation, you don't have that, that platitude, or you don't understand the love languages and how to use those, it's going to start build resentment. It's going to start building judgment, criticism, stonewalling, the four horsemen of divorce. I think it's, uh, is it John Gottlieb and his wife, but they basically mm -hmm. talk about what yep. causes people to get divorced. And I, I had this in my relationship. Resentment was building, but I'll tell you, even in a sticky situation, speaking from my own personal experience, in my, 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 my was wife, she's incredible, made me a better man. We have a great co-parenting relationship. We consciously uncoupled to a degree, but we got divorced before all that. And all of those when a divorce were existing, but I will tell you in a tough time, anytime that, you know, like you said, wanting to get intimate, you know, if I was upset at her or resentful or mad or judgmental about something, if she came up to me and hugged me, immediately I would melt. Immediately I would melt and just turn into like a big six foot two pile of goo and just like, and, and because that's what we want. We want to be it's loved. It's what you really want. Yeah. yeah. We want to be loved. Uh -huh. We want to be received. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be felt. We want this shared experience of someone to say, you know what, brother, sister, husband, wife, I see what you're going through. Even if we're not right now, just know that I'm here. I got your back. Right. And just yeah. that, that, that little bit of like knowing that you're not alone in that moment, or at least someone's given, and again, Maybe it doesn't go that way. Maybe it knocks into the knockdown, drag out conversation argument. But you know what? Nine times out of 10, love begets love. And if you truly come from a good place and an honest place in your heart, and here's the deal. If after enough times you're not received in the right way, the way that you need, it might not be the right place for you. And like, you're going to have to find something else, you know, whether it's healing for yourself, healing as a team or hit the frigging road. At the end of the day, you got help. So for me, I would say love is everything. Like love is the answer. It's woo-woo as that sounds. It's absolutely true. It's one of the main things I've learned in this journey and love will beget love. And just what's the fear of wondering until you find out and you find out that it's a good thing that you made that, that decision to love somebody. Yeah, totally. So you talked about the love yourself like your life depends on it, right? I read that book as well. I read it um, just a few years ago and it yep. was about, a, I think it was about a breakup if I can remember correctly. Was it about a breakup? Like he broke up or she broke up with him? And then he well, this one is, uh, I believe his name is Kamal Ravikant, if I have his name correctly. And it's a really quick read and quick listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's the same one. I might be just misunderstanding this. Yeah. It was a breakup in a sense. He was a Silicon Valley CEO that failed and he got very depressed and he, he learned how to love himself. And within 30 days, he completely like changed his life from down out miserable to straight up magical and calling in amazingness into his life. And it's like a five to seven uh, minute meditation every day. And it's like this little thing and mindset shift and it changed his life. But yeah. Beautiful book. Yeah. So what, what things do you do in order for you to show yourself love? Yeah. So I'm big into uh, health and wellness and even what people call biohacking. Uh, and mm -hmm. for me, it's augmenting my body because this is my instrument that I've been given for my soul to travel through earth. Right. And if, for me, if, if I can be as, uh, consciously cognitive, clear, aware, things like these are going to sound so unsexy, but they're the most powerful things in the world. Getting a good night's sleep, getting a good night's yeah, sleep. Yeah, not so sexy. It's but not <laughs> sexy it. at all, 
it's not it's not the the latest and greatest peloton trainer like whatever it is the most important thing you'll ever do in your life in terms of you go to bed like as soon as you're tired i heard that the best thing to do is to go to bed as soon as you start feeling tired yeah so there's a lot of school of thought on there there's a lot of things that work for people um, mm-hmm. I believe in sleep cycles. I believe in a certain amount of sleep cycles per week. There's a lot of data on that. But for me, mm-hmm. I've really gotten into where I go to bed at 10:30, wake up at 6:30, and mm-hmm. and I do. I'm getting to a point where I don't even need an alarm to wake up. Um, kids definitely help. I have my kids, my seven-year-old and five-year-old. But <laughs> my seven-year-old sleeps in my bed, and my five-year-old for some reason wants to sleep in an air mattress on the ground. But that's just what he does. He's like, Dad, I'll be doing this till I'm a, I'm, I'm an adult. I'm like, Oh, here's my little dog. I don't know if you can see him. Oh, my, so yeah. cute. Uh, <laughs> he's uh so so yeah so sleep is the most important thing that you can do and then followed by that is nutrition and fueling your body with like healthy alive foods things mm-hmm. that are and here's the thing here's a, here's another uh tidbit go to viome v-i-o-m-e viome is a gut health intelligence test and okay. all all disease starts in the gut any disease inflammation leads to disease stress leads to disease it all starts in the gut and if you can do Viome, it's 150 bucks. I, I don't get paid for this, but you know, maybe one day. Um, it, it'll tell you how you're built on the inside. So the importance of this is like, you think you might be eating healthy by eating whole foods, mm-hmm. organic foods. But for me, I had a garden in the backyard and I was growing organic uh, uh, bell peppers and bell peppers were actually a kryptonite for me. Organic bell peppers at the time, because the way my gut was set up was actually hurting eating healthy food and it was actually killing me. And so oh, wow. learning about what's inside your body in terms of the probiotics that are there, the probiotics there, and then also the foods that you need to need to be able to have this beautiful like stasis is the second thing. And then the third thing I would say is movement. Again, these are all pretty much like free or, or, or inexpensive sleep. What's going on with your body train, uh, uh, you know, feed your body and then movement. And that movement can be a 30 minute walk every day. But for yeah. me, it happens to be a lot of other intense stuff, uh, you know, whether it's running martial arts, you know, hiking with, you know, a rucksack, like I just like to get after it. And what that all this does, it puts me in a state to be energetic, a state to be clear, a state and then powerful, too. So those three things, the basics absolutely yeah. will change your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of those impact your hormones and, and, yes, and your hormones totally. for a woman are a big part of what's creating the stress or the unhappiness and same thing with your partner, right? Like my, my husband, he works out, he's got arms that are like the size of tree trunks, right? He's, he's huge, but for him, he has to work out sleeps. One of the things that he's not getting enough of, and we're certainly working in that, in that area of, and the, the food, the food is something that I think he's got figured out pretty well because he's working out and he's been doing a lot of stuff for his health. So I love all those tips because they all help with the hormones and they all yes. help, you know, reduce the amount of stress that you're in. And when you're not stressed, you're, and you're, you know, calm, cool, collective, you come from a, a more of a place of love than a place of fear. Yep. And your relationship is naturally better just by doing those three things. And if you're not doing those three things at a minimum, right, you, you're, you're not going to get the benefits, even if you did a program. You still need to do those things that you're talking about. Those are really important. Okay. Any last minute uh, things you want to talk about, bring up um, any words of wisdom from a male perspective? You know, these ladies that I enroll into my program at the moment, you know, they're trying to want to improve communication. 
to either get their spouse back. Uh, he's decided that he doesn't want to be with them anymore. Or three, yeah. there's an affair going on and, you know, they're heartbroken and, and feel betrayed. Anything from a male perspective that comes to mind that you'd like to share with, with these ladies? Yeah, I'd say um, there is a beautiful change going on in the world right now in all the ways. And, you know, with all the darkness that we've been facing with COVID and, you know, political things and corporate things and big pharma and all these things that are kind of set up to, to help us fail to a degree or, or stay subservient. Um, there's a beautiful uprising of consciousness, especially in the male community. And you have these, these, these beautiful men that are course correcting in real time from never being taught how to be emotional, never taught how to communicate, never taught a lot of us were never taught these things. And a lot, a lot of that has, has led to, you know, the patriarchy, a lot of it has led to uh, toxic masculinity, but there are a lot of beautiful, beautiful changes happening with men to where we're showing up more powerfully, more communicative, more emotionally. So I would say, know that change is happening, know that change is coming. And again, it's a little, it's a little late trying to, trying to make amends, but know that we want to be supportive and we are out there and we want to uh, still be the, the uh, powerful masculine, but we are opening up and attuning to the powerful feminine that we have. And just know that this is happening and know that this is coming and it's already here. And if you could just give us a little bit more time as a collective species, we will be where we need to be and it's already happening. So we could still be powerful. We could still be men, but we could be what I call savage monks. We could be capable and, and powerful, but we could also be hard open and tender. And uh, what I'm doing to, to add to that outside of my circle of clients and friends is I have a seven-year-old and five-year-old boy, and I'm absolutely teaching them these, these softer sciences as well as how strong and powerful in the right moments. And so just stay tuned. The world is healing. Jesse, I love it. I love it. And you know, I love men. I love them because I've known them for knowing what their real intentions are, even though the outside might be very you know, harsh or there might be, you know, look strong deep down. There's this little boy inside of each and every yep. man that I've ever met that really does want to be loved. That's it. And, um, you know, I think a good woman can bring that out even, you know, even without the collective energy. So thank you so much, Jesse, for, for attending the show today. There's a lot of information here. I'm excited to be able to share this with my audience, with my email list with my friends and family. It's great having you on. And I hope I get a chance to work with you at some point. Absolutely, Danielle. It's been my pleasure. I want to say thank you back. Thank you for being you first and foremost. Thank you for the invites to being on the show. See where our journey leads. Okay. I'd love to be able to direct people to a location to where they can follow you, um, enroll in your programs. Where, where can we, where can we find you? Yep. The best two places. Um, I'll shoot out, shout out an email. So if people have some questions or they want to connect with me directly, they can. It's info at on the path together.com. That's info at on the path together.com. Uh, social media, you can find me at Jesse underscore T, which is T E E. That's on Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn, it's Jesse Tedisco, T O D I S C O. Uh, and then if you, if you want to listen to more of amazing conversations with people like yourself, influencers, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, athletes, I have a podcast we've been doing for four years now called the Jesse T show, J E S S E T E E. And that'll help people, uh, you know, learn more about mindset, business, relationships, spirituality, health and wellness, all the things that I, I deem super important. Uh, more people can find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.